everyone. This is Perhaps It's You. Yes, Samantha, we're starting right now. That was unprepared. And we just want to give Matt credit to as our audio engineer. Yes. Matt can do things that we can't, like turn a knob. <laughs> turn a knob. Our delicate feminine hands can't handle the rough surfaces of knobs. One thing goes wrong. We're recording in person, and as longtime listeners of the show will know, we don't fucking know how to work <laughs> our own audio this. equipment that we've had since the like the second day of this podcast. So we we turn it on. My mic isn't working. We literally were just like, huh. We tried nothing. We, we just stared at it like, like literally have no idea what to do. Matt comes in the room, turns one knob, and it works. So I just feel like that dancing frog where I'll have a technical problem. I will not be able to figure it out. And then I'll get Mac and it'll be fine. But he did actually do something this time. Yeah. He turned a knob. We're not. The problem is, is that we're not used to the knobs on our mixer actually (laughs) doing anything. For years, we were, they were doing nothing. We were just bypassing our mixer. Hundreds of dollars on this piece of equipment. After recording our first episode of the library, we were like, okay, obviously we were born for greatness. This podcast is going straight in at number one on iTunes. We need to purchase the finest equipment available. Let's get on the Amazon and I don't we And watched- do zero research basically and buy Okay. A- I would not call watching two and a half YouTube videos zero research. Uh, look, was our sound back in the day great? It was. Somehow it was. And Look, we were turning those knobs, so in our defense, we thought they were doing something. They were doing literally nothing. They were doing nothing. Um, we have to have another thing now, which I'm still confused. I, I have no idea what that thing does. We have a, a separate little box just with a box. its own knobs. Mac has it set up, and it works great, but now the knobs actually do stuff, and so... So we were like, huh. The first thing that comes to our mind is not turn a knob, because... <laughs> why would that do anything? We're okay. First of all, this is an official Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> oh, rewatch yeah. podcast, by the way. Oh, yeah. My name is Liz. My name is Samantha. There's this man here named Mac. He's our living IT person and sound engineer. We make him leave the room. <laughs> we turn the heat off. We turn the heavy on the cold house, and he never complains once. <laughs> kind of incredible i would he doesn't even laugh at us when he has to do something as simple as just turn a knob yeah basically like did you turn it on if the situation was reversed and he had a podcast about i don't know highlander and i had to leave the room in the cold and be quiet while he recorded his highlander podcast i would be so pissed i can't even (laughs) tell you i cannot even tell you how i'd be like oh my god Highlander's ruining my life. <laughs> and I'd be like, what were you going to do? I don't know, but I would need the freedom to walk <laughs> around and be loud during this hour and a half. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. So we're here today. We are recording in person for once because we needed to do a stack time. Yes. Did you just call it a stack time? Maybe. I love that. I love that. Snack time is now stack time. It's stack. Snack. Snack. <laughs> Stack <laughs> is a snack time. That's what Snacks it is. Snacks with stack. Snacks with stack. Oh my god! Why were we even going it the whole time? Let's just change this whole podcast. It would have made more sense that we have a snack time if we called a it thing that makes no sense. Really, we just wanted to eat things. Now we have a segment. Yeah, exactly. called snacks with stack. Yes, the <laughs> best segment that there is, and it's partly because listener Lilani 
dropped off some snacks for us while in town. I think from Canada. Thank you. I mean, so nice. Uh, Thank you to our cheesies in front of me. Yeah. So life could we Mac and I already ate our share of the cheesies. (laughs) Sorry, Samantha. There was fortunately there were three bags, so it divided very well. Nice. Um. Thank you to listeners who send snacks so we can have our snacks with stack segment. <laughs> Thank you to our patrons that allow us to buy snacks because that also happened today. Yep. So these are from Lilani. We have Super Cola. Oh, okay. And we also have, I think you'll be into this, Super Lemon. Okay. I heard a rumor hard, hard that Lilani was bringing us some super sour candy from Japan. So that must be what this is. I don't know if the cola is sour, but... Look at, um, look at this guy's face at how sour it is. I hope that's going to be my face he's after I eat He's like this. screaming. Um, and he says, oh, noble on it. I think one person is noble saying, must be the brand. One saying, oh, juicy. And one person is saying, oh, noble. <laughs> oh, you're right. That is the brand. Okay. I'm assuming that the cola is... You know, we need to enjoy this now because there's probably going to be no cold Coke candy in hell. There's no there's no super colas in hell. Okay. Where we're going. Okay. Here's the lemon one. I'm going to try the cola first because I don't want the lemon to ruin my taste buds. Oh, you're smart. I'll do that as well. It's sour. Okay, I can't even get this out of the room. I'm so useless today. Okay. It's very sour. I was not expecting that for a cola candy. Oh, Okay. All right, I kind of hate it. Once you get through the sour flavor, it does taste like cola. It tastes like flat Coke. Yeah, no thanks. I've given this literally one lick. Now I even put it in my mouth and I'm putting it back in the... That will be for Samantha. Here you go. Here's your bag of... I like these. Of course you do. You're a sour fiend. Yeah, No, and they're very sour. It's not a Warhead level sour, but it's close. These are good. No. On... I feel like the lemon is going to like blow our lids up if the cola was really sour this lemon's probably gonna be super super sour. lemon oh my god <laughs> liz popped it in her mouth i think that was a bad decision that was really sour all right ah uh, ah does it hurt your mouth ah liz had to take it out that's really sour i just put it in my mouth <laughs> Do you like this play-by-play? Yeah. Just all mouth noises. Welcome to Mouth Noises, the podcast. Hmm. It's like you're right <laughs> here with us, enjoying really sour candy. Okay, the lemon is really sour, but I almost feel like the cola was more sour. I wonder if that is the surprise mm. or the sourness, Maybe. you know? The lemon sour also weighed, um, wore off really fast, but it is good. Ugh, ugh, ugh. These are good. Noble, sour lemon, and... Super, Super cola. cola. Get a. I mean, I'm gonna give this a solid, like four point five out of five. Hours. Wow. Those are good. I'm giving those uh, not applicable. <laughs> not for me. Yeah. Fair enough. I recognize. I respect the sourness. I expect respect the craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. But I am not the intended ar- audience of that treat. I love okay. the sour candy. I also picked up a few other items for us. So this is a new thing. From Dunkin' Donuts that I saw at Walgreens, they made a box of chocolates. Ooh. But in like their little donut box. Okay. These are the flavors. Boston cream, brownie batter, and chocolate cream. And they're supposed to taste like the donuts. Okay. I'm already really into this. So I was like, yeah, we will be trying that. Thank you. 
See, this is this is the great part about snacks with stack. It's the excuse to buy these <laughs> Try novelty ra- items. Random, random snacks. I believe this is a new holiday item, even though it doesn't really have anything like wintery on it. Okay, which flavor would you like to try first? Boston cream pie. Yeah, same. That's the one that is most intriguing. I'm assuming chocolate cream just tastes like any normal. Okay, you don't get as many chocolates as the box would lead you to believe. (laughs) They're in a separate bag inside the box. Yeah. Which is unnecessary because they're individually wrapped. Yeah, that's very unnecessary. I feel slightly scammed. Okay, these are super cute. They look like a little donut, sort of. Eh. This tastes like a Cadbury cream egg. Yeah. It definitely has that, like, cheap chocolate taste. It's not bad. It's not special. Yeah. Just a meh for me. Okay. Do you want to try another one? I'll try the brownie. Okay. Brownie batter. <laughs> I'm still dying. <laughs> Maybe our last episode, folks. Yeah. Liz <laughs> licked a sour candy vibe. <laughs> Is it cream inside the brownie? Yeah, it just tastes like a cheap chocolate. There's really nothing special about this. The packaging is very cute. If you know someone that like really likes Dunkin' Donuts, you know those people. They're like, is, obsessed with Dunkin' Donuts coffee and stuff. This would be like a cute little gift, but you don't need to try it. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> take a bite up. <laughs> We should have saved the sour candy for the end. Yeah. Yeah, there's really nothing special about this nothing brownie Nothing special. One. This is entirely a packaging. This brownie one would be better if it was dark chocolate on the outside. It'd be better if it tasted like brownie. Well, also that. <laughs> I'm not even going to bother with the chocolate cream right now. I think we know that. The chocolate cream is going to taste exactly like the Boston cream pie. I guarantee it. Okay, the other items that we have. I couldn't remember if they had this last year. Kit Kat gingerbread cookie. Hell yeah. Which, if we did try this last year, it must have been good because I haven't seen any of these floating around my house. <laughs> so that means we ate them all. If we did try this before. I don't recall a gingerbread I don't either. Kit Kat. I feel like this might be new. Because if you're wondering what happens to the novelty Kit Kats we don't like, they absolutely go in this bucket <laughs> for... Trick or treaters. There's a pumpkin bucket in front of us. Sitting right here. And I can't confirm there's a bunch of Kit Kats in the bottom of this. <laughs> also a little skeleton man. Oh yeah. So Well, if you're one of our super duper patrons, um, you may have recently got an award that included a skeleton parachuper Obviously, labeled BD Cooper. Labeled DB, DB Cooper, Cooper. twenty twenty two. And we had a couple that were, you know, not up to snuff. <laughs> went up Quality to the, control. <laughs> that went out to the trick-or-treaters. Yeah, nice. Okay. Let's see right. how we Ginger feel about this. Cookie. Oh. I like this. Me too. Could use more, like, gingerbread spicy flavored yeah. for me, but... The pumpkin spice ones were a little spicier than this, and I wish this... Had some of that spice. But the flavor is really good. And the aftertaste is really good, which is yeah. sometimes an issue with these. Yes. <laughs> oh, those are good. I like these. They have nice... They do taste like a cookie. Agreed. In a nice way. 
I think Robert Stack would have really enjoyed these if he was <laughs> here. Right? That's how the segment works. Yep. I give these a four out of five Robert Stacks. Yeah. The Dunkin' Donuts, I don't know. Two. Yeah. I'm not so impressed with those. Okay, one last thing. I'm excited about these. Is they had the Cherry Cordial Hershey Kisses. I think these are new for this year for holiday. And Chocolate uh, and cherry is one of my favorite combos. Me too, but it can also go real wrong. Yes, because it can taste like medicine. Yeah. Um, so let's... We'll see. We'll see how this goes. I did really like the Dracula Kisses. I forget if those were raspberry or strawberry. I think those were... Oh, gosh. No, I don't remember either. Let's but go. those were really good. I really like the little cherry foil. Super cute. Love it. Yeah, these are good. These are really good. These are good. This really does taste like cherry cordial. Mm-hmm. I love the, like... I guess it's cordial. The goo in a cherry cordial is mm-hmm. so delicious. And it does kind of taste like that. Yeah. It doesn't taste medicine Nope. Which was my fear. It was like, this will taste like fucking Dynatap or I will love it. Those were like the only... <laughs> Those are the only options when it comes to cherry. This is real good. Yeah. Okay. We'll fight over those later. Yeah. So, oh, do we have any updates? Um, the Patreon episode that's coming out this month will be about the reboot. Yes. So if you're waiting... We'll be doing the first two episodes of season three of the netflix reboot if you're waiting to hear our thoughts about the unprecedentedly sad reboot episodes <laughs> season three of this reboot also a really boring ufo thing oh my god okay, i haven't watched that one it's yet so long and it's so boring and i swear it's just like they don't even consider the possibility that's like spy spyware it's like either he saw something or and it was aliens or he didn't. And it's like... There's lots of other options. Yeah, I don't... Have you watched the, like, ghost slash missing person one? No, not yet. Okay, that one was really good. Like, really good. Um, to the point where, like, I, Travis and I have been going through all of them. He doesn't normally like a paranormal story. And he, at the end of that one, was like, that was one of the better episodes. Mm. For sure, in the season. So... Okay. Because it has, like, kind of a twist. Like, at the beginning... Well, I shouldn't spoil it. But at the beginning, you think that it's, like, just a ghost, straightforward ghost story. And then it changes to something else. And it's very fascinating. Interesting. Um, But a lot of the episodes are just really sad. I mean, they're That's not, the not interesting. The, but... This deep dive format, where you're only doing one case per episode, means you spend a lot more time with the victim's families. Yep. And then... Wow, guess what? That's a huge bummer. <laughs> yes. Because they miss their loved ones so much, and you feel like you know them a little bit. Yep. And it's not the, like, five seconds that would have been in a traditional Unsolved Mysteries segment. Right. So you get to see, like, their absolute heartbreak and grief. Mm-hmm. There is one... I forget the victim's name, but this woman, Tammy, oh, is on the run. Get Tammy. I am convinced Unsolved Mysteries viewers are going to get Tammy. She is out there somewhere, and she is She's a pretty giant, recognizable. Giant tattoo, like bouquet rose on one shoulder. We're, Tammy, we're coming for you. <laughs> Why did I just do that on audio medium? I'm like looking out. Tammy, I feel okay. That's what's. I mean, that is so. That's so fucking sad. But that case, oh my god, I was horrible. But. 
But it does give me that old Unsolved Mysteries when it was airing feeling of like, I'm going to look out my window. I'm going to fucking see Tammy and I'm going to go, you! And I'm going to like personally tackle her to the ground. Like, I'm going to be the person. A few episodes this season have that feeling. Have you seen the um, parental kidnapping episode? Oh, God, no. So it's extremely sad. Um, But that is another one where I'm like, we're going to fucking find these people. Like, they're out there. We're going to find them. Because I feel like er the earlier episodes of the reboot, the only person who was on the run was, like, on the run in Europe. And I was like, yeah, I hope we catch that guy. But I'm personally probably not going to see him. But these ones, like, Tammy was, like, on the run from Michigan. I was like, she could totally be here. Yeah, we could find her tomorrow. I could be at a bus depot and see Tammy. I'm going to get her. (laughs) We need to plaster that tattoo everywhere. Tammy, I am coming for you. It's also, like, wild to think... Of Tammy like watching Netflix and like seeing, I know, isn't that just weird to think about? We're like when like, you're watching the old episodes, like like well, most of the people are dead. Like, but to think like right now, like Tammy is out there watching this right now. I mean, we've definitely talked about cases where the update is like the suspect watched himself on Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> and then started to pack a suitcase to run for his life. But then the cops pulled, like, right? Yeah, that could be Tammy. She was like, "Oh shit, that Netflix episode dropped. People are definitely <laughs> on my like." I'm going to need some way better wigs. Like, this is not working. Someone's going to see that tattoo on TikTok. I just can't wait for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that Night Stalker thing where he sees himself on the cover of the paper, and then everyone sees him see it, and they start chasing him down the street, (laughs) which is, like, the best true crime story ever. Amazing. Because you can see it in your head of, like, everyone in the store just, like, turning their head. And being like, is that the fucking Night Stalker? He's standing there just realizing everybody's looking at him, and then, yeah, they chased him down the street. Literally chased him down the street. Like, a mob of people. I want this for Tammy. Yeah. I want, like, an ad for Netflix to come on in a bar, (laughs) and then everybody look over and be like, is that fucking Tammy? (laughs) And then she's like, oh, shit. Because it's a it's a horrible crime. She used to be awful, awful. But anyway, anyway, you're gonna have to sign up for. You're gonna have to give us a dollar and tax. Yep. To hear us dive into that one, and it is gonna take us a while to get through the reboot episodes because we do two per episode. Yeah. So it's gonna take a few months before we get through all of them. Bear with us, but. We've covered all the reboot episodes, so if you sign up for our Patreon, you can go back and listen to all of those, plus all the, like, 50-plus other episodes that we've done about random shit. And we did, as a little teaser, put our first discussion of the reboot out for everyone, so you can hear us discuss the- Which is two hours long. (laughs) The incident at the Belvedere Hotel, and I forget what the other one was, but those two are on there, Yep. so you can get a a taste of our- High, I would call it journalism. <laughs> Our high quality. No. Yeah, it's really just a recap. I was once explaining this podcast to like a stranger, and you know, very nicely, they were like, "Oh, so it's it's really journalism?" And I was like, "Yeah." No. <laughs> That's so sweet of you, but because I was like, either oh. you have a really high opinion of what I've just described, yeah, I do, have, or you have a really low opinion. Well, because I was saying like, oh, you know, we like summarize the cases and then we update if anything's happened. They were like, I guess, thinking we were at the library looking at the microfiche, right? Like, really? No, yeah, sorry, no, no, it's a TV on, rewatch podcast. Yeah, no, this is not journalism. <laughs> but I appreciate that, kind stranger, wherever you are. Okay, 
What episode are we on? 17? 17. Season 7. Episode 17. This opens with Robert Stack in some sort of like very cool sanctuary place. I couldn't figure out where he was. I don't know, but it was cool. I like it. Okay. So the first case in this... Wow. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings about this unexplained. So... I'm going to do that. We're already at 22 minutes. And I'm going to do that podcasting where you've been babbling for a long time. Then you go, let's just get right into it. <laughs> it's like, no, you've been just talking shit for 20 minutes. You're not getting right into it. Let's get right into it. Okay. So this is an unexplained. We open on a police evidence warehouse in Los Angeles. This is not a reenactment. But Unsolved Mysteries filming a psychic talking to the police. It might as well be a reenactment for how ridiculous this looks. Okay. It seems like this woman's goddamn job, like, paid job, is a psychic who talks to the police. And I'm just I like... I have questions. I, if the LAPD was not already known as one of the most evil organizations in the history of mankind, you'd be like, this is how they're spending people's money? Talking to a... But really, you watch this and you're like, well, it's not the worst thing I could be spending Yeah, exactly. You're like, well... Except that I don't know if this woman has ever solved any crime ever. No. So I don't, it doesn't seem like it's paying off. Yeah. Can't we just like house people? Why are we spending (laughs) money on police psychics? Anyway, this is the story of Noreen Rainier from Orlando, Florida, who claims that she has the ability to see crimes from the perspective of the victim. For some reason, I find this more cringy than other psychics that we've seen interact with the police before and because i think she acts i think out it's because she's crime. acting out like she's like being hurt she like feels the pain of the victim and sees things through their eyes and i'm just like this is so t- unless this it's woman bad acting unless this woman is completely cuckoo bananas and literally believes this is happening she might but it's still bad acting like this is so disingenuous and wrong and the poor family's why i don't i hate the whole thing anyway so let's talk about nori <laughs> She claims to, this is what Robert Sack says, that she becomes one with the victims, she feels their pain, she speaks their words, and she sees the faces of their killers. Except conveniently, if, say, the person was killed in their sleep, oh, she's able to to jump into something else, or she can just be in the room. Like, in instances where that would be a problem, like, you know, you were shot in the back of the head and you never saw who killed you, don't worry, she can just be Noreen standing there. <laughs> I was like, then why are you ever the victim? I don't understand. Noreen. But neither does neither does Noreen understand, as we'll, I'm sure, talk about later. She has worked with police in 32 different states and four other countries, at this point, on a total of 385 different crimes. I have a question. How many crimes has she solved? How many of them? 300 okay. crimes? This is the one that they claimed was, like, her best work. It should be 306 out of 306, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> If you're you're a fucking psychic, yeah. Okay, <laughs> it'd be oh God. She's fucking taking money from this. This is like her job, and they it's should appalling. be doing something else. Anything else? It's okay. appalling. Okay. Perhaps her most stunning success is the case of Jake and Dora Cohn, an elderly couple that lived in suburban Albert Albany. The night of May 15th, 1986, Dora was... This is really fucking sad, everybody. Dora was on the phone with her daughter. Suddenly, her daughter hears her mom, Dora, screaming for Jake. Like, they're just on the phone talking about recipes and shit. Yep. And all of a sudden, her mom starts going, Jake! Jake! And then it just goes dead. Mm -hmm. 
So, this woman calls the police. She calls her son James before rushing over there herself. Unfortunately, Dora and Jake are already dead. Both had been shot in the head. The only evidence was that their front door had been kicked in. But because James, their grandson, recognized the caliber of shell used in the murder, he was immediately a suspect, even though the police knew he was home at the time to receive the phone call from his mother. He took a polygraph test, but as we all know, those are bullshit, and that was inconclusive. The real reason the police were suspicious of James is because he had a criminal record, and he was known to, like, hang out with other criminals. So two years went by with no leads. This is when the family hears of Noreen. It looked from, like, some cheesy profile in a magazine, and they asked the police to contact her, and for some reason they did. (sighs) So it is now 1988. And Noreen worked with the police over the phone, which is what she usually did, which I was like, wow, the level of this scam. <laughs> Love it. She's literally just putting people on speakerphone and being like, I, oh, no, the door. Oh, oh, dear. The, like, oh she's just God. play acting. OK, whatever. Can you tell I don't believe that this is legitimate? <laughs> um, OK, so she's working with the police over the phone. They sent her items that belonged to the victims. She knew their names and ages, but she supposedly knew nothing of the crime. And she definitely couldn't, like, look that shit up. They're not even in the same room with her. (laughs) She could be literally reading this out of a newspaper. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Through Dora's eyes, supposedly, Noreen knew that she was on the phone discussing recipes when suddenly there was a crash. She called out Jake's name twice, just like she had done that night. Then she enters Jake's body before he dies and said, I know you. What are you doing here? Before being shot in the face. The police asked Noreen to work with a forensic hypnotist. Okay. Which is another. You thought it couldn't get worse. Another weirdo we're paying now. A forensic hypnotist to help her remember the face that she saw as Jake. She has this ability. To go into their, like, what, if she has to be then hypnotized on top of it, what is the point? Clearly, clearly, the police were trying to call her on her. I'm going to say she was like, "Ah, it's, I don't know, it's hazy. Like, something (laughs) like that, right? The the, the police are going, okay, so you saw the killer as Jake. What did the killer look like? And she was like, "Ah, I was a dude. Uh, Like, right, (laughs) she was being really vague. And they were like, great, get our, get that other scam artist, that forensic (laughs) hypnotist in here. And she was like, Oh, shit. Right? Like, now I have to be a little bit more specific. So, this is what she described to the hypnotist. Very, very specific, guys. Young man. Oh, wow. Brown hair. Wow. Who had come to their house for dinner. Now, you might think that's kind of specific, except really most people are killed or assaulted by people you know. So, saying he's once been in the house before, I don't know. That's like a statistical guess, I would say. That doesn't make any sense to me because her daughter was on the phone with her and she wouldn't mention that they had a dinner guest. Okay. That he had been at their house for dinner. Oh, before. At some point. Got it. Got it. But it was someone they knew. Okay. Not maybe not well, but it was someone that like, so supposedly he had said, I know you. What are you doing here? Right. She's basically just saying this is someone that Jake recognized. Maybe not Dora, but I guess she probably served him dinner. Anyway, whatever. That he had done some work for Jake and was demanding to know where the money was. The hypnotist tries to get her to spell out the name, which I don't know why she would be able to do. 
but she only gets the letter S before saying she can't see anything else, which I feel like is a super common letter. But anyway, the police, sure. the, Steve. Yeah, it could be anything. It could be. It also d- Samantha. Ooh, it was me actually. <laughs> yeah, but it could be a middle name. I mean, it could be the last name. Like it could be that they are in that county. You know what I mean? Like in the end, you could probably come back and be like something about this oh, person. Oh, it was an S because he has a snake tattoo, right? Like it could be like anything he has a pet snail right 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 <laughs> i wish that was it <laughs> now i'm like oh if only the killer had had a pet snail and that's what clinched the case <laughs> we were looking for a man with a pet snail <laughs> okay so then the police ask her to look at the suspect photographs to see if she can recognize the face that she described to the hypnotist and she's like i don't want to see them Put them down on the table so I can feel, feel their, their energies, energy. which is how photographs work. Yes. She then picked out three photographs from the set without looking at them. And she got the strongest enemy energy from one who she said may be the killer. May, everybody. One of those photos had nothing to do with anything. It was just a random guy. One of the photos was a friend of James, Robert Skinner. <gasps> and one was James himself. Because of this, they now actually looked into Robert Skinner's alibi. He said that he was with his girlfriend, and that did not hold up. And it turned out that James was behind a conspiracy to rob the couple. Now, I watched this and went, why the hell didn't they look into that alibi at the time? Why did this guy go, I was with his girlfriend, and they just wrote that down and went, okay, and moved <laughs> on with their lives? Because clearly all they had to do was contact the girlfriend, and she went, what? Robert Skinner? No. I dumped that guy's ass three months previous, or whatever it was, right? Because apparently it didn't hold up at all. Yeah. But they didn't bother to look into it until a psychic picked his photo up without looking at it because of its energy. (laughs) This is how crimes get solved in the United States of America. Okay. We now get possibly... It's just one of the most incredible moments on Unsolved Mysteries to me. (laughs) That Noreen talking to camera is like, a lot of people ask me. This stood out to me as well. How I do it. And you know what I say? (laughs) She doesn't really talk like that, by the way, but whatever. You know what I say? How does your mind work? How do you do math? How do you learn things How as a do you child? learn things? How does your brain... How does the logical mind work? You don't know either. <laughs> so how am I supposed so to know? So how am I supposed to know how I do what I do? Here's the fucking thing, Maureen. Noreen, whatever the hell your name is. Some people do know the answer to these questions. Yeah, just because I'm not a brain scientist doesn't mean that information is unknown. It's not magic. How people learn things. How do you learn math as a child? No one knows. It just happens. That's not true, Noreen. <laughs> it's not true. People know how to teach people math and how your brain learns things. And then she gives the smuggest look. <laughs> like she has just fucking dunked on your face <laughs> to camera where she's like, yeah, that's what I say to people at you know, cocktail parties or whatever. And then she just goes like, <laughs> She really does. You need to watch this segment because you will want to punch this woman in the face so bad. It's the smuggest look ever captured by a camera. I'm not sure it could be topped. It is wild. This woman is bilking 
money from horrible situations to basically i mean i'm with just gonna a say scam that could put innocent people in prison yeah you're picking, out, you're picking out suspects based on the energy of a photograph also that uh and then I'm it's sorry. just like how dare you question me <laughs> as if anyone knows how the brain works the brain what? and you're like i'm sure some people j- that's not my job noreen <laughs> to know that my job is to talk shit about unsolved mysteries <laughs> your job your is to job scam police is departments to be a scam artist okay anyway she's very proud of her i wrote down she's very proud of herself for pointing out that you don't know how your mind works either <laughs> okay. wow noreen okay unfortunately this segment keeps going <laughs> i was pissed i thought i was done it was gonna be samantha's turn and then they were like no another case and i was like nope. god damn it here's another one okay the second case, it turns out that this is what we saw at the very beginning, right? We saw Noreen not in an interactment, squirming around in a chair because she's having a psychic vision. And it's because Unsolved Mysteries called her in to work on this case. And I'm sure she wanted to do it over the phone like she usually does. And they were like, no, 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 we're going to film it. And she was sort of like, well, got <laughs> to Meryl Streep it up. <laughs> got to make it really look like I'm having a psychic vision. Anyway, so we hear from Jim ample of the LAPD, who is currently working with Noreen on a case of 42-year-old Rosemary Hom, who is the co-owner of a Chinese bakery, who was kidnapped and stabbed to death on November 5th, 1994. Oh, so sad. Okay. One of her employees was the last person to see her alive. He seemed to be waiting outside of work for her to, like, unlock the door, right? He's standing there on the street. She drives by in the van, sees him waves to him through the window pulls into this parking garage and she's never seen alive again so this poor guy is just standing outside waiting for his boss to like start the day at the bakery and she never comes out he's standing there for half an hour he's after rosemary pulls into the parking garage he sees a man immediately get out of his car and follow her into the garage he doesn't really think of anything of it at the time. Half an hour later, Rosemary's van is leaving the garage and that dr- guy's driving it. <laughs> and Rosemary's nobody's where to be seen. Of course, he must feel terrible. Yeah. But there's no way he could have he known. He wouldn't have known. Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So. Um, sorry. I got ahead of myself in my notes. Okay. 11 hours later, authorities found the van. And unfortunately, Rosemary is lying dead in the back seat. Ugh. So this was the segment. This this was what we were seeing at the very beginning. Noreen is in the like evidence warehouse next to this van holding Rosemary's watch to get a reading off of her. And after her vision of Rosemary's killer, she describes a man to the sketch artist. And then we see that side by side with the sketch that this eyewitness, her employee had given to the police right so we, we, they just show those side by side this does not solve the case everyone noreen wow, really i thought noreen, she was a psychic noreen did not crack open this case it was i wrote down it was not psychics but dna evidence <laughs> wow imagine that case. forensics wow it turned out it was an informer employee oh man he pled guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 16 years to life let's see what happened to that guy didn't look it up is he out there among us right now? Is he outside this door? Probably. With Tammy. 
Okay. Here is the results from Unsolved Mysteries Wiki. This case was solved oh, in January 2004. Wow. Noreen. Great really- job, Noreen. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> Great job working on this case in 95 or whenever it was. Um, okay. In January 2004, Rosemary's case was reopened through a series of interviews. They learned of an ex-employee who'd been fired from the bakery due to a series of thefts. Gotta say. How did this not come up originally? Because the police are not good at their jobs. Oh my god! We would not have an unsolved mysteries if the police were good at Isn't solving. The mysteries. first thing you ask is who would want this person dead? Oh, probably the guy who got fired for stealing. Yeah. Hello. Uh, nah, nah. Also, you guys, we like gotta call a psychic. There's a... no way to solve this one. <laughs> we'll never know. Um. Okay. So this also that ex employee had an extensive criminal history, which led to his DNA being submitted to CODIS and the National DNA Database. They discovered that the blood found at the crime scene belonged to someone other than the victim. Oh my God! They did like nothing on this. This guy, this Great cop, job. Great job. A, Jim, when he was originally talking about how he's working with Noreen, I was like, Wow, this guy really wants to solve this case. Uh, kind of not, Jim. <laughs> kind of not. You couldn't even like do the blood. T- I I realized maybe you didn't have access to DNA stuff. You couldn't do the blood type and see if the blood type was the same as the victim. Oh my god. Okay, whatever. So they discovered that it was someone else's blood. The DNA was extracted from the blood sample. The DNA of the crime scene matched. F- 43-year-old Tan Chi Fung, former employee who had stolen. On July 1st, 2004, Tai was arrested at his residence. Um, during the interview with police, he confessed to Rosemary's murder. He confl- he claimed he confronted her with a knife in the parking garage, demanding his job back. That'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't want to hire the person that just threatened you with a knife? I can't believe she didn't say yes. Um, when she refused, he killed her, dumping his body in the van. Wow. July 2006, he pled guilty to first degree of murder and was sentenced. So I assume he is still in prison. Good Great job, job Noreen. Noreen. We're huge Noreen fans here at POI. Okay. Samantha's turn. All right. We have a missing person. So a pregnant woman oh, and her six-year-old child mysteriously sad. disappear and her husband becomes the prime suspect. I, I mean, as you would, right? Everybody? Well, yeah. So um, we're told that after a passionate two-year courtship, Alfredo Newball and Cecilia Amaya got married. Cecilia's son from a previous marriage, Rene Perez, was the ring bearer at their wedding. Um the couple started their new life together in Chatsworth, California, and almost immediately, Cecilia became pregnant. Uh, Alfredo, quality mullet. Did you did you give this mullet a name? No, I didn't even think to. Though, you know what? Alfredo is just a great name all around. This mullet could be called the Alfredo. I think so. So, um, yeah, it's a... He had, like... The reason it was a quality mullet is he has, like, a great head of hair. Yes. I was just about to say that because it's thick. It's, like the healthiest it's not stringy have you seen most the... people with a mullet they don't have the hair to pull off a mullet they're kidding themselves greasy stringy yeah it's just like too thin too fine you mm-hmm. can't have a baby hair mullet you know this guy hair like a horse yeah this hair was luscious um have you seen the kid mullet competition <laughs> no <laughs> what Okay, do I'm I... I'm proud to I be need... an American. <laughs> I'm trying. Or at least I know I'm free. Okay, because the 
best slash maybe worst part of this kid mullet competition <laughs> is, uh-huh. is the names of some of these kids. So oh, okay, sure. Let yeah. me see if I can find. Um, I really wonder about people who live. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> about people who live outside of the United States that listen to this podcast and what sort of impression they get. <laughs> of life here well but. this is what life it like is in america is in america this is a child a child whose name is epic i mean okay if your parents have the fucking balls <laughs> to name you epic yeah you should have an 80s does this kid get a perm i don't know but i am trying to get my sister and i'm not even this isn't even a joke i'm trying to get my sister to enter my nephew <laughs> into this competition i love the mirrored sunglasses this kid yes. is like a whole lifestyle they they adopt the whole look i mean like I, okay i respect us a lot and also if you're gonna do something wacky with your hair look at emmett okay emmett <laughs> looks like euro trash <laughs> Emmett wants to go to the discotheque. Agreed. Okay, I don't know about you, Emmett. Agreed. If, if you're going to just say wacky with your hair, people... Okay, boomers, don't complain about, like, kids having punk haircuts or whatever. They don't have to get jobs. Let them have whatever hair they want. Exactly. This is what I'm talking about. They don't this have to apparently is the winner. What? That one? I liked, I liked Epic better. William has an... You can't tell, maybe not from where you're sitting, but there's an American flag. Shaved oh, into the side well, of his okay. head. That's pandering. <laughs> so. And also looks like he gets a perm in the back. Or maybe just all these kids have very wavy hair. Maybe. I don't know. The bangs. He's got some bangs going on and they are straight. So I feel like there's a curling iron involved Amazing. possibly. Maybe okay, a curling iron. I wand. do want your nephew entered into this contest. Yes. And I'm, this isn't even a joke. Like I seriously am trying to get her to do this. I think how old is your nephew now? He's just over one. Okay, how cute with like yes. a two or three year old with a flow. I don't know how fast a kid's hair grows, but it's pretty long right now. So I feel like I don't know when you have to enter the mullet competition. I have, but a- imagine like a fucking two year old there. That two year old's gonna win. He's gonna clean the floor with those eight year olds. So cute, right? Oh my god. Yeah. So anyway. Well, anyway, Alfredo just, could have really won this competition because his mullet was so... No, he had beautiful hair. Luscious. <laughs> okay. okay, also, but a grown man entering the kids' mullet There's adult... Okay, there's, there's adult <laughs> okay. divisions, too. This is the world mullet competitions, I believe, and there's there's adult <laughs> divisions, but the kids' one was the one that like went viral on Twitter or whatever. Amazing. So, I don't listeners, know I you have that. to look it up because it's just incredible. So, I mean, I would name... Epic's mullet, except it's already named the Epic. Is the I epic. mean, obviously. Yeah. So okay, so back to the segment. <laughs> so Cecilia is pregnant. Um, on September twentieth, nineteen ninety four, with her due date only two weeks away, Cecilia sat down to write thank you notes for gifts for her baby shower. Uh-huh. What a nice, like wholesome. I know, right? Ugh. That day, as Alfredo left for work, he says he hesitated at the door for just a moment. Um, And this is, like, kind of sweet. He says that she looked so beautiful, and so he went back and gave her one last kiss. Um, And then that's where he left her, writing thank you notes um, the last time he saw her. definitely not just eating these other (laughs) Dunkin' Donuts chocolates while you talk. Alfredo worked as a nurse's assistant in a hospital and retirement home. Two and a half hours into his shift, he phoned Cecilia. Um, and he says that he had some weird feelings, that something was wrong. But she never answered the phone. And for some reason, he thought that um, she could be visiting with friends or perhaps being at uh, his mother's house. 
I mean, she is like extremely pregnant at this point. So, I mean, how many, like, what could she be doing? Um, Alfredo called several times throughout the evening. Eventually, he became concerned and left work early. As he approached the apartment, he noticed that Cecilia's car was parked on the street instead of in the building's secured lot. He rushed into the apartment in search of his wife and his stepson. Inside, there were no signs of a break-in or a struggle, but there were also no signs of Cecilia and Renee. Um, in the Jeep, Alfredo says he found a generic store-bought goodbye card. It was signed simply Cecilia. <laughs> so. That's so fucking suspicious. <laughs> this woman could not be more pregnant, really. Uh, yeah. And she's choosing this time to go down to her, you know, w- Walgreens. Get a greeting card. Get a greeting card. That Rely says, on like, the message inside the card and just sign it her name. She's like, peace, I'm out. I'm just going to have this baby on my own, like, tomorrow. Yeah, this is not normal behavior. Um, Cecilia's wedding and engagement rings had also been left on the passenger seat. So, obviously, Alfredo was shocked. Um, and he, I mean, his first thought was not that something bad, bad had happened to his wife. His first thought was, like, oh, God, oh, my God, she left me. Um, and he says the relationship was good. We never had problems. We didn't fight. Um, he thought, why would she do something like this leaving me a note um, <laughs> like not even a note just like her own name right very confused he was very confused so alfredo phoned the one person he thought might know where she was um it was her closest friend at work uh kevin annabelle it was this phone call that f- first cast suspicion on alfredo when kevin answered the call alfredo questioned whether cecilia was there this is what kevin says um he said Al, she's not here, and you're really starting to scare me. Um, he says that Alfredo was unusually calm, and that if it was, um, th- that they would expect to be screaming. I don't know. This- Again, you don't know how people are going to react. And also, also, some people are just better in an emergency. Also, he doesn't think his wife is in danger or missing. He thinks that his wife has left him. Right. And he's calling the man that possibly she left him for. Yeah. So, he's not going to be... Okay, maybe some, obviously, some people would be screaming and furious. But he's not going to be, like, in a fear. He's not going to be in a panic. He thinks that she's fine, and he's just heartbroken. So I think this guy's kind of looking at it from, like, the wrong perspective. Agreed. Yeah. And maybe you would, like, purposely calm yourself down if you were... Well, also, he wants this guy to put her on the phone. Right. So if he calls up and it's like, you fucking bastard, you stole my wife, blah, 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 the guy's just going to hang up. Yeah. So... I guess his critique is, like, he was too rational in this moment. But, again, I don't think he was, like, worried for her safety. Right. Right. Exactly. So, Alfredo said he was being called because he thought his wife would come back to him. Um, He said, I felt like she maybe needed to be away for a few days or something. He wasn't sure. He just thought it was very strange. But he did think that she would come back. Um, The day after Cecilia disappeared, the police called Alfredo. They had been contacted by one of Cecilia's relatives, um, Detective Alex Valadez of the Los Angeles Police Department, took on the missing persons case and found Alfredo's um, conduct on the phone strange. Um, And this, this again, you know, he says that Alfredo didn't appear to be concerned. Um, I think his, his ego is more bruised than he's like... Yeah, freaking out right he wants his wife and his his soon-to-be kid back but he's not like 
oh my god what happened to them yeah well exactly and i mean i i realized that the detective is like well wouldn't she be more concerned because of how pregnant she is and i guess but i don't know again if you think she's fine and is just like mad at you or something i don't know maybe you wouldn't be like he says basically that he expected alfredo to be grieving but alfredo doesn't think she's dead right so i don't know why you would be grieving i don't know so I think they're they're interpreting this with the information that they have later, and they're not looking at it like he would be looking at it in that moment. Yeah, I agree. So three days later, suspicion increased when Alfredo received a letter postmarked um, by in nearby Van Nuys, California. I probably didn't pronounce that right. Inside the envelope was a card identical to the one that Alfredo had found in Cecilia's car. There was also a typewritten note from Cecilia explaining... Yeah, I often buy two of the same goodbye card <laughs> and send them to the same person. It's normal. So the note... What is a goodbye card even? I don't... Peace out. I don't know. I really hope it says just like, it's been real. <laughs> I do kind of wish we had seen the card. Did it have like a, uh, I don't know, a I know, duck I'm on the I'm familiar with like a Bon Voyage card. But, like, what is the, like, and I'm breaking up with you. A goodbye card <laughs> is bizarre. I'm taking your soon-to-be child and I'm leaving forever. <laughs> hey. Yeah, did it have, like, a cute mouse on the front or it's something? A di- it's a division like, of Hallmark I'm unfamiliar with. Uh, I've never looked at a goodbye card. So, um. <laughs> when you need to break up with someone but you just don't have the words, you are dumped. <laughs> Is this a, a genre of Hallmark card? Like, I feel like if it isn't, we should, like, maybe this is a niche market and we should get into making the You Are, you are Dumped, dumped cards. cards. People seem to complain. I mean, look, hey, I haven't dated one billion trillion years, but I see a lot of complaints about the ghosting. And mm-hmm. um, the this thing will solve is, that problem. You just send them a exactly, card. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Also, that's not entirely a new fin- I feel like back in the day, people just wouldn't call you anymore. Yeah, I don't know that ghosting is like a... So new. Yeah, it's not. But anyway, if you, people don't want to be ghosted. They want some closure. They want to know what happened. You can get... Send them this, the, a the, you are dumped card. The you are dumped. But it, we also need... So we could diversify a little bit because not necessarily... Like, some people might... Like, you might not be in a relationship. Like, you might not be exclusive. So that might not be like a dumping situation so much as like... It was fun, but like our fling is 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 done. Like I feel yeah. like we need to have a range of cards for people. No, absolutely. Like yeah, you were a summer fling. Yeah, summer's over. Thanks for the great dick. It's coughing but I'm, season. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll nothing. have a variety for for each other. <laughs> nothing personal, but you know you're not that smart. And... <laughs> what if there's one that in the inside has like a list of red flags and you just check. I found out you were a Republican. Oh god, what a nightmare. Yeah, we'll have that. You really one. have to disclose that, folks. You do. That's not okay. You do. You need to put that in like your Tinder profile. That's not okay. That's that is that is deception. Mm-hmm. Okay. I say we have a card that has a list of the red flags and then you check you just whichever check ones apply. They can Okay, the flags are just an outline and you color them in red. Oh god, yes. <laughs> And then it's like, yeah, the following things. Like, you talk about your mom too much. This needs or, to be a coloring sheet so people can take this with them. You're so right. This is the next coloring sheet. <laughs> okay, actually, this month we're having guest artist Brian Duffy draw. I don't usually say what the coloring sheet is, but th- it's spooky train day, yes. of course. Spooky but train. <laughs> the next one could be the red flag. Checklist. Checklist. <laughs> 
So if you have any. Send in your red flags. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we'll make you a little coloring sheet. You can print it out, fold it up, keep it in your purse. <laughs> just pull just it out. Leave it on people's nightstands after you've taken their phone and ra- rated just, our podcast. Yeah, color them in. <laughs> You didn't listen to Perhaps It's You. That's a red flag right That's there. That's absolutely a red flag. You don't know who Robert Stack is. <laughs> you don't have, you don't, what, you don't know what cemetery you're going to be buried in. Uh, you think Noreen is really psychic. <laughs> okay, this uh. is going to end up being a book. We're not going to be able to fit it on one sheet. It could be a little zine. You, yes. you leave the people's <laughs> color in. Wait, I love this idea. I love this idea. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, right, I don't Go remember ahead. where I was in my notes. Also, okay, quick note. The chocolate cream chocolates were different than I expected. You should have one. Oh, really? Yeah. They didn't just taste like the... You should have one. We're gonna... And I'm going to have another one. Oh, they're white chocolate. Yeah, with chocolate cream inside. I wasn't expecting that. Oh. Mm. These are better than the Boston cream pie. I agree. I agree. I think it's the outside chocolate on that one. It's like the cheap. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously cheap chocolate as well, but it tastes better. Yeah. When it's with the white chocolate. Actually, I think this is the best of the bunch. Yeah. Wow. The one we weren't even going to bother with. Yeah. Sometimes Hmm. things surprise you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Okay. I've interrupted this segment enough. We didn't think you had enough mouth noises on this episode. Okay. So where we left off was Alfredo got this... A second, the exact same card. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just do a spit take. <laughs> I just spit all over my pop filter here. This is a first. Ugh. Well. Liz is wiping it with her sleeve. <laughs> We're professionals. It's too bad this isn't a visual medium. <laughs> what a treat this episode has been got a little san pellegrino on there <laughs> so alfredo's gotten a second identical <laughs> card this one is a typewritten note we've seen okay this season of unsolved mysteries has what? more this is the fake second typewritten goodbye notes <laughs> this is the second fake typewritten goodbye Which note. nobody has shared their mad lib by the way yeah i'm disappointed in all Get of you on it corner someone you live with Make them do the Mad Lib One of your co-workers. You. I don't care who it is. And make them do the Mad Lib. It's fun. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I made Mag do it with me. It was a good time. Um, okay. So this typewritten note said that Cecilia had gone to Honduras with another man, a doctor named Arturo. Well, like nine months pregnant? Yeah. Okay. Not, no mention of this baby. The note said that she had fallen in love with Arturo nine months earlier. Whoa. And it was possible that he was the father of her unborn child. Alfredo's first impression was that his wife had, again, had indeed left him. Look, maybe our, maybe, maybe Alfredo's not that smart. You know, the, all of the, you know, the mullet is not necessarily a, a, a sign of intelligence. Um, he said, after reviewing the letter several times, some parts didn't sound like Cecilia. And it didn't strike me as Cecilia at all. So he did eventually review the note a couple times and decide that, you know, some of this doesn't really sound like his wife. Kevin also found the letter out of character and says, I would say uh, that she was almost obsessed with Alfredo. And when you're that in love with a person, you don't just meet a doctor and say, well, I think I'm going to go to Honduras. Let me write my husband a note. 
Literally, let me buy two of the same goodbye card and just give him that. He'll explain everything. Yeah, Kevin has a good point here. After examining the letter and speaking with her friends and family, Detective uh, Valadez was convinced that the letter was not from Cecilia. Whoever typed this letter knew more about Alfredo's side of the family rather than knowing very much about Cecilia's side of the family. And so his best guess was that Cecilia's disappearance was not by her own will. He believed that there was a third party involved. In fact, six months before she disappeared, Cecilia received an odd phone call from a still unidentified woman who may have been that third party. This part is weird. So Cecilia is pre- is pregnant, and according to her, uh, according to her friend Cami, actually is the person who tells us about this. She gets a call from a woman um, who had a videotape of Alfredo kissing another woman at a baby shower. Is what she said. <laughs> and nothing gets you turned like a baby shower. <laughs> yeah, no He's kidding. Really horned up. He was like, "Let's make some more babies, baby." So the woman wanted. Ugh, that's the most vile thing I've ever said. <laughs> I love how that didn't even... I just kept going. You were like, yep. Yep. That is probably what he thought. <laughs> that was the theme of the baby shower. Just making more babies. Honestly, that's a good theme. Baby slash shower slash orgy. Yeah. You know how, like, bachelorette parties have all the dicks and stuff? Yeah. I feel like that should be a baby shower. What if like, you went to a baby shower and it was <laughs> dick themed? <laughs> you like you didn't know. You didn't know. You walk in. You're all cute in your little outfit. Yeah, you're wearing like, like a sundress. There's there's one of those balloon arches. You know, you yeah. see you see them on Instagram, but it's got like dick balloons <laughs> in it. You're just like, huh? That they probably didn't realize that looks like dicks. And then you go inside. There's the little dick straws yeah. and like the mimosas. Dick cake. Dick cake. Actually, we yeah. should not give people ideas. People post the weirdest <laughs> pregnancy announcement photos. I'm sure people know what I'm talking about. Where it's like. A, Do you a, have a pinch of, of daddy? So gross. <laughs> Stir so, it so up. So gross. Yeah, no. It's Are disgusting. breeders okay? No. <laughs> the straights are not okay. Oh my god. I'm, I, I'll speak for the straight community. <laughs> Something is horribly wrong. Yeah, it's really true. Uh, okay, so there's this videotape of apparently him kissing another woman at a baby shower. Was it her, Cecilia's baby shower? That's vile. I, that's what I, I feel like I was not clear in the it episode. It was not clear. Was it her baby shower? I don't know. I don't know, but the woman wanted her to see it um, and wanted to arrange a meeting, but then never called her back and the matter was apparently forgotten. Then, a few weeks before Cecilia disappeared, she got another mysterious call. This one was from a woman who claimed to work with Alfredo. Um, it, this is extremely confusing but cecilia confided in her friend that the woman said that they wanted to give alfredo a baby shower at his work okay which is i mean nice i guess something i've really never heard of before but men don't typically get work baby showers no i mean they should they should the is great i mean more gifts the better but like that's not something i've ever heard of but anyway so she said that apparently the woman play the woman Claimed to Cecilia that they wanted to throw him a baby shower um, and that uh, she had some baby furniture that she wanted Cecilia to pick out a piece of the furniture, but to keep it secret because the shower was going to be a surprise. Um, so I think she was like calling to be like, look, we're going to give him some furniture. We want to make sure that you like it and it'll be a surprise for him. Don't tell him, which honestly is smart and something that you should probably do. Um, but then police learned after the call that there had... Um, had not been made by Alfredo's co-worker and that the baby shower had not in fact been planned. Um, 
But by then, it was too late. According to Cammy, Cecilia disappeared the same day she was supposed to meet mm. with the lady who called about the baby shower. So detectives are convinced that this is not a coincidence. Um, however, they still do have questions about Alfredo's behavior. Um, I kind of don't. I, 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 I understand why he would be the prime suspect, obviously. But... At There's least really, for, like, not that much evidence. Just, it, just based on his behavior, I'm not seeing it. It seemed like everyone they knew thought they had a good relationship. She, They said that she seemed genuinely in love with him. Like, I just, I don't think, I think he really thought he was left. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm do buying too. it. Maybe I shouldn't. Let's but. look up the Unsolved Mysteries wiki. Do you know, unfortunately, because she was so pregnant, what this reminds me of is that case on I Survived where the pregnant woman has contact with someone because, like, their packages <gasps> oh. get switched or something. And then they steal the baby. And and this she goes to this woman's house. She's, like, talked to her a couple times. She seems perfectly normal. She goes to her house because to get some, like, that. I think, like, some package accidentally got sent there or something, right? And then the woman attack. She real she's, like, in the house, and she realizes there's all these pictures of famous people, but the eyes are, like, scratched out. And then the woman... The woman was was faking her pregnancy and trying to steal this woman's baby. I didn't even think about that, but that's the, it's the it's this weird it's the fact that she got these phone calls from a woman. Yes. that makes me think that like and baby... that she seems to have been lured and they're baby related. Yeah, too. yeah, that makes me really suspicious. The only thing is like, why steal this? So I feel like this wasn't like this was a little bit glossed over in the episode, but her son was also stolen. Like her son has also right. disappeared. Renee, her her, I think he was eight, maybe. Maybe the person didn't expect her to bring the son though. Right? Yeah, that could be. So the unsolved mysteries wiki doesn't have a very satisfying. This is so sad. Resu- um, result. Uh, this is still unsolved. Investigators did later determine that Alfredo was having an extramarital affair around the same time that Cecilia and Renee disappeared. He is still considered a person of interest in the case. If Cecilia is still alive, she would be 57 years old. She was born in El Salvador and speaks with a Latin accent. If Renee is still alive, he would be 31. Oh, my God. And that's it. I mean, I guess the fact that he's having an affair is more suspicious. Maybe he wanted to get rid of his wife, but... I don't know. know. This phone call part is very strange. Yeah, that's the part that's weird. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Now, I have an amnesia case, and we haven't had one of those in a while. It's been a while since we've had an amnesia. Um, Yeah, it's been a little while. This is the Mystery Woman of Autobahn Park, which is a park in um, New Orleans. This woman woke up in the park with no knowledge of who she was or how she got there. She just had a vague notion that her name might be Gigi. Guess what? It's not. (laughs) Other than that, she knew nothing. Yikes. So for some reason, we see this other woman interview Gigi. I don't know if this segment just already existed. And on some of was like, yep, great. Like, that's the impression (laughs) I get. Is there like, this was like for the local news. And they were like, we'll just take that. Yeah. So we see a reporter named Susan Rosegan interview Gigi six months after this incident where she wakes up in the park um we see this is quite odd we see the items that she had on her person at the time now the reporter asks like how did you know these things were yours and she was like i just assumed i woke up there was this bag next to me there was no one else around i assumed this is the stuff that belonged to me but she has no personal identification and personally identifying information of any kind she doesn't have a driver's license or credit cards or checks or anything what she does have is four pairs of scissors a gold-plated table setting. UPS personnel notices that only people that, like, work there would have. 
Bank deposit envelopes that would be used in the northeastern United States, so not near New Orleans at all, 26 tubes of lipstick. <laughs> That's too much lipstick. 24 lip liners. And okay, a dozen... you think you'd have 26, but okay. <laughs> yeah, way to match, Gigi. And a dozens of other cosmetics. So they show us these items on Unsolved Mysteries in case this is a clue to her real identity. Um... The police had failed to match up any corresponding Mrs. Cases, missing persons cases to Gigi. And they also at one parent gave her so-called truth serum, but that did not bring back any of her memories. Um, we talk, see from her doctor who believes that her amnesia is authentic because she has been like very actively involved in trying to figure out who she is. That he did not think this was like a woman who, I don't know, why would you fake amnesia? I don't know. Just to, like, start over, I guess. This doctor has uh, quite the mustache. Quite. It is huge. It is the thickness of five regular mustaches. <laughs> uh, I called it one whale of a mustache. Nice. Because it's one hell of a mustache, and it kind of reminds me of a whale, and that's how my mind works. <laughs> okay. So, um, he points out that someone went through a lot of effort to remove any of identification from her purse before leaving her in the park. And he also found it quite weird that, like, her handbag and her wallet are, like, brand new. And there's, like, there's no, like, receipts or, like, hmm. it doesn't look like a purse you would actually have been, like, using. You know right. What I mean? If you're someone who carries around 26 lipsticks, you use your purse. <laughs> so right like you would have like they couldn't like go through and like be like oh she was at you know walmart at this time like there was nothing there was no receipts there was Were no the lipsticks just, like, new they looked new in the segment okay all of this bullshit looked new that's weird it's very weird maybe it, she was shoplifting maybe okay anyway um it was believed that her amnesia is the result of witnessing a traumatic event is what the doctor said Okay, so I don't she, know how you possibly know that, but I, I, I guess it was not head trauma. Sure. Okay, you could probably rule that out. So they were like, probably she saw something and her brain just like shut down, which is horrifying to think. Yes, so I mean, also, it had to have been very bad. This very random selection of items kind of makes me wonder if before she had amnesia, her brain was not working properly already yeah and she was like i've got to get the important things and like this is what she assembled but i also do sort of buy that someone took away her like actual wallet and identifying information right you'd think you would have that right anyway so this was on unsolved mysteries in the hopes that someone would recognize Gigi, and people did several viewers watching the original broadcast recognized Gigi as actually being belinda lynn from wilmington delaware it is still a mystery how she got to New Orleans and what caused her amnesia. Wow. Which is fucking terrifying yeah. to me. Also, I can't really find an update on this. I hope you're doing well, Belinda Lynn. I loved her dress that she's wearing. She's wearing this like very Wednesday Adams dress in her interview. Love it. Um, this is terrifying. It really is. I hope this never happens to me. I hate it. Yeah, I do too. And it, I mean, sometimes... I feel like I feel like we've seen cases of amnesia where you can see that, like, why the person might come up with this. Like, if they had made it up, like, they were, there you was know, that guy the guy who stole robbed, the yeah. paperclip yeah. from his work and then started over <laughs> with a new life, saying he had amnesia. <laughs> right? Like, 
Well, there was another theft. There was a guy with a frozen food theft that may or may not have had amnesia. But she got nothing out of this. No. So. she And she seemed genuinely like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do now. Like, like where am I supposed to go? Right. How am I supposed to live my life? What is my life? Yeah. This is terrifying. This sucked for her. I don't even understand where she was staying, like, when this was filmed. She doesn't seem to have any money. No. She's literally, like, must have had to go to the police station and be like, hi, maybe my name's Gigi. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> God. Can't buy anything with all these lipsticks. Yeah. Do you want 26 lipsticks and 24 lip designers and gold-plated silverware? So weird. It's very odd. So it's weird. Cre- this is a... That's genuinely very creepy and mysterious. Yes. Okay, we have one last one. All right, this is a last, last love. love. This is a last love. This last one is, love. This is unlike. I feel like this is a unique last love. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. So Bob Coleman is searching for information about his father, Richard Coleman's mysterious past. So by all accounts, Richard was a fairly ordinary man who lived an uneventful life. He worked as a vending machine mechanic in Washington D.C. and had served in the military and married in 1947. Bob, his son, was born two years later. Bob's fondest memory of his father involved their love of baseball. Bob remembers him and his father playing baseball in the front yard. Uh, Richard Coleman passed away in 1961 when Bob was only 11. Ugh. So hard. A short time after he passed, Bob began looking through an old trunk under his parents' bed. The very 11-year-old thing to do. Also, the most unsolved mysteries things. It's I always know, an like... An old trunk. A kid is like, I decided to go through the trunk in the attic and I found a scrapbook of a person that looked exactly like me. It's very true. Um, inside were Richard's war mementos. When Bob asked his mother about it, she said the most cryptic thing imaginable, which is that she claimed that Richard did not like to talk about the army because he did something bad. I think in the reenactment she said something he wasn't proud of. Yeah, don't say that. Uh, Yeah, that doesn't evoke good good things. Um, Bob's mother did not... Oh, your father firebombed a village. (laughs) I just want to talk about it. Bob's mother did not say much else about the subject. 14 years later, um, in 1975, Bob again looked in the trunk. I found the update on Gigi. (gasps) Okay. It's solved. Viewers tips led Gigi to being possibly identified as 31-year-old medical secretary named Belinda Lynn from Wilmington, Delaware. However, it was later learned from relatives that she had been diagnosed as schizophrenic and that she had done something similarly to that in the past. Okay. And according to Unsolved Mysteries Wiki, it is now believed she faked her amnesia. Is it fake? I mean, we don't know that. I mean, maybe it wasn't real amnesia, but she could have believed it. Yeah. If she was having a mental illness related. A mental illness related episode. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense, actually. Belinda, I hope you're doing well, wherever you are. Yeah, man. Okay, so I'm glad we have. I like that Unsolved Mysteries that. Wiki doesn't put it under her real name. They put it under just Gigi. Oh, <laughs> that's why I couldn't find it. <laughs> Unsolved Mysteries Wiki. Come on. <laughs> she has a name. It's a cool name, Belinda. Yeah, her name was not Gigi. Why are you filing it under that? <laughs> anyway, go on. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> look, we're Unsolved Mysteries Wiki is crowdsourced. We can only expect so much. I guess. Yeah, we appreciate that as a valuable resource. Okay, so yeah, so Bob's mother didn't say much about it. 14 years passed, and uh, Bob decides to again look in the trunk. He looked at his father's uniform and noticed that it had a pin that meant his father was a doctor in the army. 
This reminded Bob of an incident during his childhood in which his mother had been cleaning the blinds when she suddenly badly cut her hand. Um, Bob remembers that his father ran in and like immediately took control of the situation, applying pressure. He knew to have her like lay down and elevate her hand. And like um, this memory led Bob to believe that his father did have knowledge of the medical field. He just like acted like a doctor. Um, so Bob couldn't understand why his father would abandon his, the medical field to become a vending machine mechanic. Um, when he looked at more items in the trunk, he found several medals from the first world war, even though he thought that his father had only fought in the second world war. Bob found another item from the first world war, a certificate, which had several items written over, including the name. This suggested that Richard had written the name Richard Coleman over his real name. <laughs> I didn't Normal realize. Behavior. I didn't realize was a thing you could do. You could just like white out your old name and write in your new one. The same envelope that held um, the letter also had a sheet with the same names and numbers written over and over. These names and numbers were used to replace the previous names and numbers on the certificate. After checking with the Veterans Administration, Bob learned that the certificate belonged to another man. Bob also learned that there was no record of Richard Coleman serving in the Army Medical Corps in either the First or Second World War. No one by the name of Richard Coleman. Bob then remembered something else from his childhood. When his father was on his deathbed in the hospital, he asked his father if um, if anyone else had visited him. Richard said no, and Bob asked why his brothers or sisters hadn't come to see him. Bob's parents then changed the subject. <laughs> Normal. Okay, Unsolved Mysteries is really here to tell you, be upfront with your children. Yes. Don't make things into mysteries. No, you... People knew what was going on. They could have just told him. He didn't need to go on Unsolved Mysteries. People end up haunted by this shit. Yes. Because you didn't tell them that, yeah, I don't know, they have a half-sibling you lost custody of or whatever. If there's some shameful thing, eventually you just got to tell them. You don't want them going on national television (laughs) begging strangers to be like, why was my dad so weird? Why was everyone so shady on his deathbed? Why was he writing over official documents with different (laughs) names? Bob found one more item in the trunk. It was a roster supplement from a New York City gun club. It listed Richard as a member in 1944 and stated that his occupation was, quote, special patrolman. From tax records, Bob learned that his father had been employed as a security guard at a bank in Manhattan from 1943 to 1945. However, the bank had no employment records for a Richard Coleman. When Bob researched his father's address from 1944, he discovered that his father may have lived with a, quote, Alice Coleman. Voting records stated that they were married and that she lived with Richard Coleman. However, he could not find any marriage records for them. Bob's mother passed away in 1983 without giving him any clues of his father's past. I mean, come on. (laughs) Just tell him. Particularly after the father. Okay, so the father doesn't want to admit whatever. He dies. Yeah. Just tell your son. Seriously. Tell your son. Bob believes that his father may have done something in his past that he regretted. Richard Coleman did identify his parents as David Coleman and Adelaide Cooper. He listed both Massachusetts and Montana as his birthplace. Bob hopes to find his father's family and determine why he covered up his identity. So this is solved. And surprise, surprise, it's because he had a separate family (laughs) that he abandoned. Um, so in 2006, Bob- I mean, I guess I understand why he didn't want to admit that, 
but it but seems it like seems a white like his knew. it seems like yeah his parents knew like could have told him yeah Bob Coleman searched through World War II draft registration cards on Ancestry.com and found one for his father, which gave Richard's birth date as September 12, 1895, and his place of birth as Everett, Massachusetts. He then searched through the draft cards from World War I using his father's birth date and place of birth. He found one record. Forever. I can't believe that he did all this. He found one record for a Coleman Joel de corte and the signatures between the two draft cards were identical through census records bob was able to locate his father's parents seven siblings first wife son two daughters and several cousins unfortunately most of these relatives have since passed away however he was able to get in contact with several half nieces and nephews and cousins along with his half brother's wife Bob learned that his father was a policeman and man in Massachusetts and had first married in 1915. Later, he and his first wife went through a nasty divorce. One day, Coleman walked away from his family and never returned. Oh, my God. Since this discovery, Bob and his sister have been reunited with several of their late father's family members. So, yep. I feel like this is something a lot of people are learning through, like, the DNA mm-hmm. um, ancestry and whatever those other ones like 23 and me so you go like oh shit he had so and so had like a whole other family whole other family and now three I, kids he just walked away from it's just sad that clearly this guy was longing for more of a family connection and that was kept from him yes and he wanted for what know- yeah the man's dead after he's dead there's no reason to keep that a secret yeah i mean i guess people feel shame but it's not their shame no it's his and he died with it yeah I can understand that the guy didn't want to be like, look, I completely abandoned these other kids, but I'm not going to do that to you, pal. Like, <laughs> I kind of get that. But... Well, he's probably not a nice person. I mean, I'm just going to say, what? You don't think he's a stand-up guy? Okay, that brings us to the end of the episode, though. That's it. We got to rate it. Okay, so mysteriousness is our first category. Oh, so mysterious. Yeah. This episode is mysterious in a way that... Episodes have not been lately. It's true. It's true. Thumbs way up. I don't know about Noreen. That's the only outlier here. Okay. It's not mysterious, but it's funny. <laughs> and not this category, but I'm fine. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's our yeah, podcast. Yeah. We make the rules. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No, but the other stuff is so <laughs> mysterious, though. And um, Noreen didn't help solve those cases, so she kept them okay. mysterious. <laughs> True. <laughs> Noreen was helping the mystery by not helping the police at all. Fair enough. The mystery is why do they give so much money to this yeah, woman? Yeah, yeah. Why are police... Why is this not considered a fraud segment? Why will police literally pay a psychic before they actually solve a crime? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a mystery. So okay, yeah, thumbs what up. What about that t-shirt I sent you today that said... <laughs> This is from the Twitter account, which R.I.P. Twitter. You're on the way. I will miss you. Uh, this is what Twitter has given us. This is what Elon Musk is taking from he's, us. He paid so much money, and now I'm not going to be able to enjoy accounts like T-shirts that go hard, <laughs> which had this T-shirt that said, it's easy to love you, and it had two teddy bears hugging, and then below it, it said, because you're not a cop. <laughs> I want this on a greeting card for for you could Valentine's leave, you Day could, this year. Or you could just... And then inside it says, also, you're dumped. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to love you because you're not a cop. However, I am leaving you. My friend Sarah, she's totally real and we're moving away. 
Um, okay, wait. What, what's Plot the, twist. What's the next category? Uh, reenactments. You know, fine. <laughs> I guess Noreen doesn't count as a reenactment. So. Nothing really stands out for me. And honestly, there wasn't like a lot of action in this no, one. That's true. Okay, you know well, what I mean? Like, I feel like the 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 just missing persons was just a pregnant lady sitting on a chair taking a phone call. <laughs> so. Liz almost did another spit take. Yeah, that was not. I mean, it's not a lie. That's true. Uh, okay, it's just thumb, not a lot of action. Thumbs down. Then. So thumbs down. Fashion. Okay, I really liked Gigi's dress. Well, her name is really Belinda. Um, the mullet. Okay, we did get a mullet. We haven't gotten a mullet in a while. There's, I feel like, and that, and that doctor's whale of a mustache was pretty impressive. Okay. I'm gonna say this is a hesitant thumbs up. The fashion has been on the decline for a while yeah, now. As we've yeah. gone through time, you know. We're approaching to the 2000s. We're, we're in the 2000s, if not, you know, getting there. And I feel like the fashion is just on its way down. Yeah, we're, I don't, yeah, I don't know where exactly where we are. So, so the bar is low boring. and a mullet and one mustache is going to carry this category it's a, It's a, like, eh, it's approaching up. Yeah. Um, Robert Stack? I liked the sanctuary he was in. He could have been in a more, though. Agreed. Let's give him a thumbs down. But Yeah, thumbs teach down. Him to, teach him a lesson. <laughs> And then you better step it up next episode yeah um our robert stack's rating i i did like this I one i think this is a good one the, because there is just some new stuff you know we haven't had an amnesia in a while we, we had a lost psychic. love we get a lost love no unnecessary update it's not all brutal murders there's mm-hmm. some sad stuff but it's not so sad that you want to die there's some so, real mystery yeah in some of these so why would you pack 26 lipsticks and 24 lip liners yes quite a mystery so i'm gonna say a four i think it's a four it's not a pretty... 4.5 but i think it's a, a four pretty solid four though yeah um i enjoyed it i recommend it you okay you have to watch it to see noreen tell you that <laughs> no one knows how brains work and then i say do you even know how your own brain works? No, Noreen, I fucking don't, but that doesn't mean no one works. <laughs> Do you uh, fully understand the speed of light? <laughs> no. Well, then it doesn't exist. That's Noreen's logic. Oh, my God. Um. All right. So we're going to end with some recommendations. Are we? I'll, I'll just do you do have a recommendation? First of all, we have a recommendation update, Ooh. which is that the full... You know how this used to just be secretly a Baraska fan podcast? Yes. Well, I wish it was again. But the second season of Baraska is now fully out. Okay. So if you're a binger, I was listening I to it am a binger. week by week because I needed it. I needed it. I was so excited for it to come back. And I had such a wonderful experience listening to it and anticipating the next episode. But now they are all out, including the last episode, which was a two-parter. Mm. So be sure to listen to that on Repod, everyone. Uh, and leave your little comments and I will probably see them and we can chat about it. Nice. I will, it's not the twisted mind fuck that season one was. Okay. Okay. I don't know that it brings quite the spookiness. Got it. But it... If you were into that story, you're going to get some closure. There are some new twists. There's some explanations of stuff that happened in the first season that maybe you're like, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to spend some more time with the characters. Okay. I really did enjoy it. It's probably not as good as season one, but it's solid. I did, you know, I did being me, already know kind of what was going to happen because I read the story. The So 
Baraska is written by Rebecca Klingel, who writes under the pen name, I think it's C.K. Walker, something that like sounds that. Sounds right. Something like that. Anyway, so she has like four books of short stories out, and the and Baraska and Baraska Part Two were in those books. So mm. I already sort of knew what was going to happen, but they added in some other stuff. Gotcha. But the the audio production is just like yeah. So definitely listen with headphones. I've been like listening like in a dark room with head like no distractions. Okay. To really get the full like experience. I am in the woods running for my life like oh okay feel. Yeah. And it's been really great. And I hope that QCO does more podcasts with Rebecca Klingel because she can fucking write those twists where I'm like holy shit. Nice. I don't she also worked on um Haunting of Hill House and Haunting of Bly Manor on okay. Netflix, if, if people watch those. And there's certain twists in those shows that I was like, oh, that's definitely her. Like, you can just, like, tell that that's, like, her stamp of something being, like, truly fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I bet that was Rebecca. I know it. Anyway, so that's out now. Oh, also, people, I think that the Repod, so Repod, which is the only app with the decency honesty bravery integrity yeah to give us money yep they have their own chart and i have a sneaking suspicion that chart is based solely on likes per episode so definitely first of all download the Repod app yes follow our podcast look for me liz just out there using the podcast but if you like our individual episodes i think that's how they chart i want us to get us to number one and i think it's doable because if we get to number one, we can say that we are we are number the one number one podcast. unsolved mysteries rewatch podcast. And we can say we're the number one podcast on the Repod app, and that sounds amazing. So please, please, please go in and like yes. individual episodes. If you're hooking up with someone tonight, get on their phone, <laughs> download their the phone, Repod app, get Repod, sign then, them up, and, go in and like, <laughs> like it, and then leave a episode. comment that's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe these women are so beautiful and also so funny." Something like that. <laughs> Like, I've never heard such majestic voices, and yes. also their insights are brilliant, yes. and I wish I could be their best friend. Stuff like that. Like, just normal things you would say. <laughs> um, things you're thinking anyway. Just yeah, type it out type in a comment out. on one of our episodes. Get us some engagement on this app, and then we can say we're the number one I want to be number one. On Repod. I want to. I cannot tell you how much I want to be number one. We can get there. I know it. Come on. Come on, five listeners. You've been so loyal to us so far. I'm just asking for one more thing <laughs> before I ask for other things. I was going to say, this isn't going to be the last thing we ask for, but right now, this is what we're asking for. Yeah, exactly. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Also, people need to be using this feature where you can make an audio clip. I think yes. it's so fun and no one ever seems to use it. You can also like share it in other things. Ooh. Like I put it in my Instagram story. It's okay. So in Baraska, the main character's last name is Walker, and in the season, which is my last name, if you don't know, and in the second season, that gets kind of creepy. Okay. And so I made this clip of this person going like, "I'm a Walker," and I, I don't know, it's fucking hilarious to me. I was like, "This is how I introduce myself from now on." Amazing. Anyway, clip our clip our our it's, sound bites. Yeah. Remember what wave files? I fucking loved. <laughs> I fucking loved setting up my computer to have, like, different wave files happen when, like, my, my computer error message used to be you and McGregor going, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I was 
It's great. So great. Okay, anyway. Uh, I am going to do a TV recommendation to close this out. Nice. Because I realized that I, I feel like I'm always watching this show when we're not recording. Okay. So I somehow have not recommended it yet. And that's Reservation Dogs on Hulu. It's a half hour show. It takes place in on a reservation in Oklahoma. It's about a friendship group of indigenous teenagers and it's filmed entirely in Oklahoma and it's so funny but also has like I've never watched something that so well blends like serious stuff and comedic stuff just like oh it's just so well done. The the all of the characters are super charming and you'll love them. It's like a very different perspective than anything else I've seen on television and it's just really fucking charming. Okay. I highly recommend it. The writing is great. The acting is great. It's very well made. And it's really not like anything else. And I don't feel hear people talking about it enough. So that's on Hulu. I think it's only on Hulu. Um, so if you don't have Hulu, you know, go hook up with someone that does. <laughs> steal I don't their know. Hulu password yeah, after a- you download Repot onto their phone. <laughs> exactly. We have- and then send them, uh, I'm done hooking up with you, greeting cards. I already got your Hulu password. Goodbye. Yes. Um, God, we have a lot of advice for people hooking up, for people that have been married <laughs> for a while. Such good advice. We have really great advice about how to get out there. Anyway. I have a question. Yeah, yeah. But a TV show a netflix show which is i'm pretty sure that this food competition show that i keep that keeps getting recommended to me called easy bake is like they have to make stuff with like i don't know like box it's like using an easy bake oven to is it actually using an easy bake oven or is it just using like powdered cake mix no i think it's using an easy okay i'm gonna watch it then i we we could have just watched an episode but instead we were just like looking at the preview trying to decide if they're actually using like a light bulb to cook their food i sort of feel like so trixie mattel on her youtube channel has done like a whole series of like buying old easy big ovens and trying to make stuff and i think they just kind of stole stole it okay not that i'm saying trixie mattel invented the easy big oven but i think those videos got a lot of views and then they they kind of monopolized on that interesting see i was trying to decide without actually having to invest any time in watching the show whether (laughs) it was actually an easy bake oven competition show or if they were just using like stuff that is like easy like easy meals you know like I don't know, a box, whatever. Lean cuisine. Yeah, like, yeah, like elevating make, a lean cuisine. Who can make the best lean cuisine? <laughs> oh, only in the United States. It was just like one of those moments where we're like, remember when our parents got us a light bulb and we cooked cakes with it? It's not as funny as the fucking creepy crawlers That's oven. That's true. That's which true. is literally, they had to stop selling that because that goo is so toxic. <laughs> it was literally giving your children, which we had one, mom and dad. <laughs> Uh, my brother loved that thing like nothing else. You took toxic plastic goo, you poured it in a metal pan, you put it in over a light bulb until it got hot enough to cook plastic. And yeah, they had to stop selling it because of all the f- the horrible fumes. Toxic fumes. Yeah, my brother loved making me cute little like polka dotted purple bugs and stuff creepy crawlers yes i think i have one in my garage and i was like oh, my brother found it at a thrift store and i was like oh we can make we can make the bugs again and it's like no because you can fucking not buy that goo it's like <laughs> banned by whoever 
the government will like come to your house and confiscate it if you get the goo. <laughs> confiscate your creepy crawler. <laughs> yeah. They're like, absolutely not. This is a toxic waste hazard. Excuse me, ma'am. We were, we got a tip that you had a creepy crawler oven in here. There was a creepy crawler cartoon and on the cartoon, they literally used the oven. That's how like just an ad. It was like, how will we make things to save the day? I know. <laughs> The creepy crawler oven. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, memories. Incredible. All right. I think that wraps it up for today. Everyone, don't use that creepy crawler oven. It's going to give you cancer. You're going to become overwhelmed by the fumes. Yeah. <laughs> you will get amnesia like Gigi. Oh, God. Maybe that. You'll wake up in a park with 36 lipsticks. Maybe that's what happened. I bet they never looked into it. Maybe she was, she was using a creepy crawler oven. I still want to know. Woke up in New Orleans. I still, yeah, from Delaware, wherever she was from. I still want to know how she ended up there. That's wild. Oh, poor Belinda. Damn. Poor Belinda and her mental health issues. Yeah. I hope that got worked out. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so you're downloading Repod. You're trying to get us to number one. Do Please. it. Please. Do it. Think how funny that will be if we are the number one podcast on something. Think about it. Remember when we were like 21 in Finland or something? Even that was funny. <laughs> Extremely. One of the funniest things that's happened to us. <laughs> um, anything else? Uh, Patreon. I mean, what else? Give us there? money. Yeah, give us some money on Patreon, especially if you want to hear our thoughts about the new reboot episodes. We're going to have thoughts, I'm sure. Our latest episode is about the worst episode of Bones. Which was bad. It was Not bad. kind of like in the way we expected. It was more just like very offensive. I do keep thinking about how bad it is. It's like burned into my mind now. I mean, yeah, the, the Rotten Tomatoes whoever goes on there to rate things was not wrong it's it is real bad extremely bad and we talked about it on patreon so if you give us a dollar you're going to be able to hear about it um okay oh also for black friday we'll do a merch sale and that can just start whenever this episode drops okay and you can get 20 percent off with the code trains <laughs> why because we're into trains now we love trains we love trains so put that in to get 20 percent off t-shirts and stuff for the rest of november and you can go to perhaps as you.com forward slash merch right look go to perhaps as you.com click on merch and it'll be there <laughs> maybe I'm, it's spelled wrong we don't yeah, know yeah also oof, spelling is not for me it's fine yeah you'll get there <laughs> no i don't think i, I meant they'll get to our website oh, not that you'll yeah, get better yeah, at spelling because that's that's ship is we can't count on that um <laughs> ship is long god uh yeah i don't know follow us on the social medias we'll be on twitter until the ship finally goes down i'm having a great time watching that burn so we're on the deck of the titanic playing our violins yeah, as yeah. we're going down with the ship um, um so yeah at perhaps it's you we're on instagram too I've actually been updating that lately nice. <laughs> for once. You could join our Facebook group. Facebook, as far as I can tell, um, isn't sinking. Well, I mean, it, it, it kind of did. It's like slowly. half underwater. It's going down, but slower. And so we have the group a space. Is fun, yeah, yeah, the groups are fun. We're still in there. So you can go in there and share your thoughts. Um, if you clip a repod clip, I don't know if you could share it in a Facebook group, but do that. That'll be, that would be fun. Um, yeah, your favorite moment from this episode. Let us know. Is that it? I think so. Okay. Let's just go. All right. We're going to eat some more of these yeah, cherry we got candies Hershey's to eat. kisses. We got to go. Bye, everyone. Bye. Keep barking.